Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cosplay Bites, the only place where you'll learn of the bits and bites of the cosplay world, convention coverage, cosplay guests, spotlights, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy getting a look into bringing a character to life. This is Cosplay Bites. Oh, what's going on, guys? Uh, sorry, it's been a little while, but uh, I got another episode of Cosplay Bites for you, and I've got my wonderful friend, Mink of the Seder, with me. Hello! And, uh, yeah, uh, life just got in the way, so sorry if it's a little bit late, uh, but this this is going to be the quote-unquote second episode of January, but... Most people probably won't be seeing this until February, so oops. <laughs> In our defense, at the time of recording, it is definitely still January. Yes, this is why I'm still making it count. <laughs> All right, so the last episode was mainly talking with my friend Carlos about being a veteran in the cosplay world, but now I guess I specifically want to mention the new year having just happened so most of this um most of this episode is going to be about what we're looking forward to uh cosplay wise for the new year so uh um i'll throw it off to you what are you what are you looking forward to um i know i'm looking forward to some of the projects that i sort of made plans for myself um up to and including hypothetical plans with other people since it's been a little while since the last time I did like a well thought out group cosplay. Right. Those wind up being a lot of stress because when you do cosplay or like when I do cosplay, uh, there's this this procrastination that sets in and so you know the people talk about con crunch all of the time and it's just this natural thing that we all do our best work apparently at the last minute and just an artist thing so then when you combine an individual's con crunch and then multiply that across however many people are participating in a group you've got a giant stress ball yeah yeah this is why I don't make um, costumes for other people when I'm doing group cosplay. Cause I'm like, man, it's going to be a miracle if I can get my own stuff together. I, yeah, you don't need that. Probably, right. I don't need the responsibility of getting another person's thing together. <laughs> of course, I'm the kind of person who would prioritize their stuff over mine, but then that would mean that I would be left a little bit in the lurch because then it would be the eleventh hour, and oh god, I don't have anything to wear. Yeah. yeah. And in a world where you know we're constantly worrying about disappointing people, <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's that's like the the catch twenty two is like if I don't make this other person's costume in time, they will be disappointed. But if I don't make my own costume in time they will still be disappointed because I'm still letting the group down in some way. Yeah. It's a lose-lose situation. Don't want to do that. Right. I mean, 
point of interest, instead of letting people down, I've just driven myself insane. So (laughs) it's still a lose-lose. It's just not quite the lose-lose that I I pitched earlier. (laughs) Right, right. Lessons learned. Instead, I just, I tell folks what I'm interested in if I want to do a group cosplay. And then everyone is responsible for getting their own crap together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, looking forward to a bunch of new conventions, looking forward to some repeat conventions that I always go to that I will continue to go to. It's right. It's going to be great. Such a Katsukon right around the corner. Well, before even Katsukon is Captain Con, which is a board game convention in Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of that. Well, some some of us nerds also play board games. Yeah, no, I, I, I do too. Whenever I go to my friend's house, it usually winds up being Smash and then board games later on so what's your poison of choice right now what board games got you most jazzed i'm drawing a blank i can't remember it was it was a spy game oh that that i played last time where it was like oh crap (laughs) i put you on the spot yeah it was um it was almost like um I think it's almost like werewolf. Werewolf okay. I've definitely played. I mean werewolf like, is a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's like something about like um trying to like you have a group of people and one of them is a spy but everyone else is a certain person within like a themed area oh yeah that sounds like exactly like werewolf yeah and i guess you have to figure out try to avoid not being caught as the spy so make to try and figure out what the theme is even when you don't know yeah i played a board game like that um uh, vampire hunter which is kind of like again the idea of werewolf but they've made it into a board game so it's somehow it's different and it's i i really enjoy it but i also really like the art for the game because it's got this like vaguely um old world like the old final fantasy art style it has kind of that charm to the art style which i appreciate <laughs> Because I'm a giant weeaboo. <laughs> what was it called? A vampire hunter? Yeah. It was, was it something else before a board game? Um, I mean, they're not really breaking new ground with that name. <laughs> so if it has any resemblance to something living or dead. Uh, well, <laughs> well, no, because you, you said it reminded you of Final Fantasy when I know that... Um, there is something called Vampire Hunter D, which oh, is an anime. Oh, no. I wish it was like Vampire Hunter D because that 
was a solid anime from the 90s. Well, yeah, and could, the, like, the guy who did the art is Yoshitaka Amano, who does the Final Fantasy old school illustration art. So that's what got me thinking. Um, to my knowledge, they are separate games. Huh. Um, to my knowledge. Interesting. Yeah, the um, game of choice that I've been playing like a buttload of and I love is um, Professor Evil and the Citadel of Time. <laughs> Which sounds name. ridiculous. And it's frustrating because it's one of those cooperative games, which is my favorite kind of game, because then nobody leaves feeling like so-and-so was a jerk. Like, you know, it's not Monopoly where one person is the winner and everyone else just leaves angry. Yeah, Um, yeah. (laughs) It's a board game against everyone who's playing. And you're basically trying to rob the mansion of this evil professor who has stolen the world's antiquities using his time machine. And you need to steal back three before he puts three in his vault, thereby stealing it away forever. And it's pretty cool. I really like that board game. I got it um, at Gen Con last year, and I've just been steadily getting all of my friends to commit the like 45 minutes to playing a game. We inevitably lose, but it's a fun loss <laughs> always close. we're always like oh maybe we'll get it this time jk no we won't this board game's hard <laughs> that kind of reminds me of the um, house on the hill oh yes oh my god i haven't it, played that game in ages i've never played it but i'd love to play it never played it I mm, I love see the other the other good cooperative game that I love is a game called Pandemic, which why do I is, feel like I think I played that? You very well may have. Everyone has a different role um, in trying to keep <laughs> certain germs from like basically infecting the world and like destroying everything, and it's a very oh interesting gameplay. Right. Huh. I hear there's an expansion where you get to play as the germs. Oh. Or there's like a version where you get to play as the germs. Well, I, which I, is I, neat. But I, I don't know that. I only have the base game. <laughs> yeah. I have enough board games in my house. I can't own every expansion to every game. It's simply untenable. No. Because <laughs> they always think of something. Oh, my God. I mean... It's upsetting how many expansions to games come out. Because as soon as you have, like, one successful board game, the gaming companies are like, excellent. Now, how can we make the rules more confusing, the expansion box even bigger than the base game, and take up even more of the real estate that is your storage space? Yes. And we'll charge them mint. How can we milk this to eternity? Yeah, says the guy who bought <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> oh, how topical. Yeah. I'm, zing! I'm, I got my topical zing in for the day. Yeah, topical related to me, yeah. I mean, you lovely folks can't see the video footage because there is no video footage, but, like, it's a keyblade. Uh-huh. There's three of them in my room somewhere. 
Uh, yeah, I'm playing through the third game, and uh, it's everything I ever wanted. <laughs> well worth the decade wait. <laughs> I'm probably going to play more tonight. After I this. feel the worst. I've never played Kingdom Hearts. Don't judge me. So I've missed the boat. I've missed the hype. So I imagine this is how everyone else feels when I talk about Pokemon. No, I, I, I don't know. Maybe most people. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Most people. I, I feel like a no. I feel like a giant group of people that we know what Pokemon is. I know what Kingdom Hearts is. I can recognize a Sora. I couldn't recognize. I mean, then obviously, like a, a, a Goofy and a Donald. I'm not. I'm not an idiot. Um, but <laughs> I couldn't tell you most of the other characters. I know there's spiky haired red haired guy and i know there's you know boring brunette girl yeah and and there's um people who wear black leather hoodies and that's uh-huh. weird and i guess they eat ice cream listen i feel like there could be a podcast in and of itself it's just like mink vaguely summarizes and then wildly guesses at the plot of games she's never played i'd watch that that a would new, make one of us. <laughs> a, a new game you never played every month. <laughs> It'd be great. I would just, they would, someone would give me some still frames that they thought would be the best capturing of the game, but put it in a random order. And then I have to figure out what happened. Yeah. Oh, and then I get to name them. I'm going to name the red haired spiky guy Kyle. That's not his name. No, it's his name now. Shut up. Kyle's. Kyle is my waifu. Husbando? <laughs> no, waifu. He's waifu. I'm sorry to all you actual fans out there if you're being desecrated. There's no desecration. I come to Kyle with love. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, somewhat back on topic. Uh, yeah, expect a lot more Kingdom Hearts cosplays this year. <laughs> No. Like if you thought it was gonna, if you thought it was like coming in hot before the game came out, oh boy, oh you have not seen nothing yet. I imagine there's gonna be a good chunk at Catricon, a good chunk. Oh sure, there, there always is, but with Kingdom Hearts three having just come out, it's I feel like there's even more pressure for people to bring the Kingdom Hearts costumes they already have, but of course they also want to work really hard on making whatever new character got dropped. Assuming, I, I assume there's got to be a new character that got dropped in Kingdom Hearts 3. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't played yet. I just got to the Monster Inc. world. That's oh, with Mike Wazowski. Yeah, with Mike Wazowski. Yeah, they make they play on that joke. <laughs> I Listen, I watched... Monsters Inc. and Monsters U. They got a lot of mileage out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The Toy Story world was so good. Oh, my God. Now, here's the question that I have. Are there spoilers for Toy Story 4 in Kingdom Hearts 3 that we just don't know yet? No. Don't say no out of hand. You don't know. No. No. (laughs) No, because it's funny, because apparently... um, like the Toy Story world in Kingdom Hearts 3 takes place after 
between Toy Story 1 and 2. Oh, okay, so you do know. <laughs> and Pixar had gone out of their way to say, yeah, that's canon. Oh. So in, in Toy Story World, Kingdom Hearts happened. <laughs> okay, but now, now I see you on this, and I raise you, but sometimes companies lie. And Pixar is pretty known for putting in little Easter eggs of upcoming films in their other medium. I'm looking at you, Monsters, Inc., totally pitching us for um, Finding Nemo. That's right. Monsters, Inc., they go into Boo's room and they play with the little Nemo doll. And that was like a year or two before Finding Nemo even like was a thing that the PR company for Pixar was even talking about. So uh, listen, I would not be a little bit surprised if Pixar was like, but JK, I totally put a little thing in there. Let's see what shop odd nerds notice. Oh boy. Oh boy. Mark my words. We will be having this discussion in summer 2019. That's an air quotes because I don't think there's an actual release date, or at least according to my current movie theaters posters, there aren't for Toy Story 4. That should be a fun movie. Listen, the theorist in me is living for the idea of it. <laughs> Let me have this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I know of one giant group that's coming to Katsukon because I'm friends with some of the girls that are going to be a part of it. Uh, the oh. same... Same group of girls that brought like the the groups of like um, the Valkyrie Evolutions. Oh, those group. are great girls. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> I, I I know what the theme is and um, should be interesting. Um, BlizzCon's always a good con to look out for. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a butt ton of more character drops from Overwatch and then, you know, all the new skins coming out with all the events, uh, the holiday events and uh, whatever the heck World of Warcraft has planned. I don't know. They'll drop something. They never they never seem to run out of stuff to debut. Yeah. Um, something that I've got written down here, um, not only with what we're looking forward to uh, with cosplay, but what we think needs to change. Like just, I guess some controversial topics that people seem to not get or, uh, well, basically like um, the idea of con crunch, like, it could be fun to post about, but I, I don't know. Some like you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't like jeopardize your health just because you're trying so hard to get this one outfit done for one convention. Like, it, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Like, cons aren't going to go away anytime soon. Like, there's always going to be another con, you know. I a hundred percent co-sign that. I've been hearing a lot more people burning out in the last yeah. few months and a lot of that comes down to people who are 
like almost to the point where it feels like self-harm, where you are putting in long hours at the last minute, stressing out, putting these huge demands, just absolutely ginormous demands on yourself and your body to get a costume done. And then, of course, when one gets to the convention, there's the whole like, and then it's fallen apart. And now this isn't fun. And now the convention isn't fun. So, of course, it's going to contribute to to burnout. Yeah. And you're right. Like, for some folks, it is a joke. Like, when I talk about it, I absolutely am joking about it because the, the irony point is that every one of my costumes is done at the last minute and a little bit quicker because that's (laughs) but that's how I work so I know that about myself and I know how long it's going to take me to do or accomplish x so if I'm like oh yeah I'm not going to start until two weeks before the event that's not because I in am intentionally procrastinating it's because that's what I have scheduled to work on it right right but I do know that, you know, it can become overwhelming when you're like, I didn't expect I was going to be sick with a cold. So, uh, you know, I am now doing the conference now and I'm feeling it. Oh, boo-hoo. You know, like nothing is more valuable than your health and your sanity. So yeah. if you are making a cosplay and one, the other or both, are being depleted, those are resources you can't really get back. So it's probably for the best to reprioritize your happiness and your health over having that one costume that one time. Right. I mean, and, and I think this should go to both those who do it as a hobby and those who do this like for a living, like their, their full-time job. Like just, I don't know, just take it easy. Right. <laughs> don't go and crazy. I, I understand that people who do it as a full-time job have this added pressure because it is their job. But the reality is that very rarely is there a hard and fast deadline to get that very specific costume done for that very specific convention. So if it doesn't happen for that convention, it's like, okay, it'll happen for the next one. Don't worry, dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, other other random stuff uh well it's not random but just common sense uh like stop with the black facing like the parent like it's not good to do that um like no gatekeeping like it's okay if a cosplay is made or bought i mean my riku cosplay is 100 percent bought because i do not have the time anymore to like learn how to make this kind of stuff <laughs> so those, the, the two things that you just brought up are totally different and i feel like they both need to have their like moment in the sun for it for chatting because like it's so easy to say don't blackface in cosplay but i think the challenge is what constitutes blackface because there's a school of thought for some people that is putting on bronzer or making your skin tone look more ethnic. Some folks are saying that's okay because it's not blackface. I'm making sure I I represent the character. And that's the hard part. And I've, I've been struggling with hearing when that happens. Right. Especially because 
you know, I've been hearing some folks say like, well, I am a minority, but I'm a minority that's predominantly white, but or can pass for white. So it's okay if I dress up and darken my skin for this other minority. And I'm like, yeah, those are two facts. But I don't know, my opinion is that if you can wash off your air quotes privilege, then you probably need to, you probably need to reevaluate what you're doing or why you're doing it. Yeah. Cause I, I just feel like whenever it's brought up, it's usually targeted towards, um, a cosplayer that's not from the state. Oh no, very much the one, the things that I've been hearing of late have been in the U S Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. And it can be as simple as, well, I go to the tanning bed a lot. So even though I am Caucasian, I'm going to represent someone of color because I can kind of pass. Right. And so the, the question is, does that count? Does tanning a lot count as black facing? And again, my my view of it is I am a Caucasian female. I would not feel comfortable representing a character um, that was of color in the way in a way that I, would require me to darken my skin. I feel like again, if I can wash off or like you know, spend a couple of days, you know, not in the tanning bed and then revert back to my white privilege, then it really is. It's like, I'm, I'm appropriating. And I think right. that that's maybe inappropriate. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely inappropriate, but it's a challenge. And I understand why people are a little bit towing the line. Because I understand the desire to want to represent a character if you know that, like, if I tan just a little bit, I could be the perfect Korra from Avatar Legend of Korra. But I think that if you're interested in cosplaying a character, it's probably to your best self to just represent that character without going through that extra step of changing yeah. your skin tone. And, it, and it's like, I have never, ever in my years of cosplay and being involved have heard someone tell someone else, oh, you're not, that's not a very accurate because of your skin color. Like, no, it doesn't really matter. Like, like with Cora, if, if you're mostly dressed like Cora from The Last Airbender, they're gonna know you're Cora regardless of your skin color. Like you don't have to be like pixel perfect exact match. Like as long as you got the clothes down pat, you pass. <laughs> right. Now I can understand a person's reluctance. Like if you are Caucasian and you want to dress up as Princess Tiana from The Princess and the Frog. I have heard people say, like, really? Couldn't you dress as anyone else? Like, we get one 
princess of color and now you're dressing up as her to that i say like you know by all means dress as who you want to dress i'm sure there will be people who are going to say that to you but you know as long as you aren't black facing or changing your skin tone it i i have no issue i'm like that is you honoring a costume you like the character great um similarly if you are of color and you're dressing up as a character not of color i wouldn't expect somebody to alter their skin tone to match the character your skin is what you're in your costume is what you wear right although unfortunately kind of timely with with it being black history month next month tomorrow but like unfortunately like you just got a lot of rude people going on to like people cosplay colored pages and like if they're cosplaying as a um originally a white character they'll just go oh it's uh uh, what is it called? Oh, the black uh, Kim Possible or whatever. Like, no. Oh my God. No, don't do yes. that. Don't Your do that. Your was Black Sailor Venus, and that was like. Oh God. Right, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you mean Sailor Venus? I felt like the Google search. Did you mean? <laughs> did you mean? <laughs> yeah. Don't don't do that. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, in that way, in talking about your other point, you know, there is some form of gatekeeping there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to... It doesn't just have to be about race and cosplay. Gatekeeping can be literally anybody saying, oh, you can't play because... Or you, you are not cool because. Cosplay you can't, is real because. Yeah, you can't cosplay this. Like, oh, do you know this and this and this or are you like a certified nightwing fan to be a nightwing cosplayer like no so this happened to me a few years ago i got gate kept i don't even know is it like hanged versus hung like (laughs) versus gate kept anyway anyway so i had won a competition uh at a pax east ages ago um, and it was put on by S2 Games, which uh, was a um, MOBA gaming company. And so they had the top two girls and the top two boys from their competition as one of their prizes. They gave them like, they gave us all like a basically a buttload of money as for a budget to make a costume of one of their characters from their game that was in beta going, or that was an alpha going into beta. And they brought us over to um, PAX prime to showcase. So this is, this is, you know, the, the package that this all comes in. So I am dressed as a character from their game in beta and I'm going around talking to, to other cosplayers and stuff. And of course, it was some dude just starts kind of quizzing me on this game that's very much in beta. Now, I had gotten to play a bit of the alpha, played a lot more in beta because I was like, oh, I should know a little bit about the game and everything. Right. But I felt very uncomfortable 
when I was being quizzed because I was just like, if I don't know the answer to these questions, it should be fine. If I do know to the answers to these questions, it should be fine. I can dress as whoever I want, whenever I want. But I felt this like extra pressure, like I needed to get the answers right so I could just prove my worth or prove right. that I was official. And that's not a position anyone should be in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've heard Cockweird like famously say like, like they cosplayed the character because they liked the design of the character. They don't have to play the game or maybe they want to play it later on or like they get new fans of a certain franchise or stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know. It's just disappointing um, when it feels like you have to be, you have to be like this super fan that knows everything or it's like you can't cosplay them. Right. Like, dude, why? And I know, so I cosplay a lot of Pokemon. I know for a fact that I am I am knowledgeable about some Pokemon, but I don't know all of the Pokemon ever. And so if someone says like, oh my gosh, I found a Pokemon that Mink doesn't know. I'm like, yeah, I can guarantee it's in Gen 4 or Gen 5. I didn't play those games. They were garbage games. Like, step up. There's like over 809 Pokemon. I'm not going to name them all. Can you? Like, get off my butt. But like, connect something that I know a lot about and like feel really strongly I'm proud about. And I'm still like, Get off my butt. I don't know everything and I'm not a walking Wikipedia or in this case, Bulbapedia. Like, or a Pokemon. And that's just fine. <laughs> Was that, or did you say, or Cerebi? No, 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 or a walking Pokedex. Oh, yeah, also not that. What would Gen 4 or 5? Was that black and white? Uh, I think no it's black and white, Diamond and Pearl. I like that... Diamond and Pearl. How dare you? <laughs> well, I, I value our friendship. <laughs> okay, that being said, Pokemon X and Y was a revelation. It was like a freaking renaissance of Pokemon. And then Sun and Moon came out and it blew the doors off of anything that existed before it. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I mean, come on. I mean, X I mean- and Y brought us mega evolutions. And if you tell me for a second that the world is been harmed in any way by the beauty that is Charizard X and Charizard Y, then 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 we're we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean Piplup is awesome, so I mean Okay, but listen, adorable sta- starters notwithstanding, <laughs> the game itself was not my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the Pokemon are a little bit ratchet. I'm I can't I, even I can't even think of a bunch from Gen can't 4. Think of a bunch of ratchet Pokemon from Gen 5. I've got one. Trubbish. Done. Gen Although 5. Here, the most garbage Pokemon on the planet was in fact from Pokemon X and Y, and it's Clef Key. Just period stop. It's keys on a key ring. It was like someone in the Pokemon office was like. Uh, I need another Pokemon to pad out the files. What do we got? Uh, got a coffee mug. Nope. Can't make a Pokemon out of a coffee mug. That's stupid. Why would we do that? Uh, 
let's reach into my pockets. I got some lint. No, we already got like 17 Pokemon that look like lint. Um, uh, keys. Yeah. Keys. I didn't like black and white either, so you're good on that. What's that? I didn't like black and white. I didn't like Ruby and Sapphire. I hated them. I mean, I didn't <laughs> love them either, but I at least liked more of their Pokemon. Oh, Ruby and Sapphire? Yeah. yeah every po- every generation of Pokemon has that one Pokemon where you're like, really? Yeah. Even in Gen 1. Uh, even in Gen 1. And uh, I will be the first to say it. Voltorb? Really? Okay. Okay. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. That, really? You're right. And then and then they looked at that and said, you know what this needs? An evolution. And we'll make it easy. Just flip the colors. And give them eyebrows. <sighs> Boom. New Pokemon. Where's my check? Right, right. Like, every every generation of Pokemon has one where they clearly phoned it in, and you're like, C-minus? C-minus. Gen 2. What's the throw-in? What was that? Oh, which one? What's the throw-in Pokemon for Gen 2? Oh, man. Um, Hang on. Let me me pull up a Pokedex for Gen 2 so I can do this with, like, actual conviction. Did you go dark on me? Did I? Did oh, I go down? I don't know. What happened? Oh, wait. I can hear you. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm totally just looking up which is the, the phoned in Pokemon. I'm literally like just scrolling through. Oh, the unknown. Done. Oh. That's not even fair. The unknown are ridiculous. Let's make letters with eyes. That's it. Twenty-four of them. Letters with eyes. Thanks. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. All right. Headphones are coming off. I don't know. Giving me issues. I'll fix it. Whatever. <laughs> P.S. Gen three. It's Silicone Cascoon. Or Silicone Cascoon. Oh. Same damn Pokemon. I hate it. Oh, cocoon. Okay. All right. So now we're at Diamond and Pearl. Gen 4? You're just looking it up. Okay, yeah, what is it? Uh, I'm just scrolling through to see which one is the most garbage. Oh. <laughs> um, Spirit Tomb's pretty dumb. Spirit hey. dumb, actually. Hey, I like him. Listen, his moveset's great, but his design is dumb. I'm a smoke cloud. But not ghastly. <laughs> it's fine. Don't look too hard into it. Oh, excuse me. And then also Rotom or Rotom? <gasps> How dare you? Uh, like this. Rotom? I dare. Because Rotom has a buttload of forms based on where did you find me? And it's dumb. It's dumb. MVP, however, goes to Porygon Z. Porygon Z saves, single-handedly saves Gen 4. But you can turn into a washing machine and become electric water. I'm just going to remind you, this is what you just said to me. But he can turn into a washing machine. This is what your life has become. You're only impressed by Pokemon who could turn into a washing machine. You know who else can turn into a washing machine? Ditto. 
Gen 1, best Pokemon. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> All right. We're done here. Sort of on topic, talking about uh, next part of the podcast, the uh, talking about a cosplay that my guest has made. <gasps> I pick up a, a bleh, bleh, Alolan Vulpix. Oh, yeah, I have an Alolan Vulpix. <laughs> which, <laughs> which you made with uh, League of Larkies regular Vulpix and somewhat timely because we're in the Northeast and we just got hit with some snow. So the, there's a funny thing about that. So I made my Alolan Vulpix a good, I want to say two or three months before Larcy wound up making her Vulpix. And so she wound, she made her Vulpix as a response to mine, which I thought was adorable and amazing. Um, so we were chatting about the design elements of it in advance like so my my Vulpix had been made for like a good long while and she was like oh my god I'm gonna Vulpix with you please so that was I I took her to my local fabric store which is a big deal because we're in different states and she's a good distance away from me but you know I made her she drove all the way out to see me and then I drove her all the way out to see a fabric store so that we could pick out the fabric specifically for that costume nice I will I will own up when the two of us design costumes together, but that one that one was this like uh she had done I had done one, then she had done one, but we are planning in 2019 to do costumes together. So we're working kind of slowly on builds right now together that we will debut in July, I think is when we're planning it. I'm going to guess Pokemon related. No, that one's not Pokemon related. Oh, duh. We have a Pokemon related one that we're doing in May, though. Ooh, I can't wait. But the not Pokemon related one is from Monster Hunter World. Oh, oh, wow. I know. I got to change it up a little bit. I did not think you both played that. Uh, She plays the ever loving pants off of Monster Hunter World. It's like almost scary. And I'm very sad because Larcy has it for the Xbox and my household has it for the PlayStation, which means we cannot play together. I, however, do not play. I watch it get played because my only interest in Monster Hunter World is the fashion, specifically the Palico fashion, because in that game you get a fun little sidekick. So my uh, my significant other plays and we he named his Palico um, Mink the Catter. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, yeah. And so then we have fashion shows with all of the cute little outfits, and it's the greatest thing in the world. Oh, boy. That sounds like fun. <laughs> Hush, I, I'm not, I don't have any aptitude or penchant for those, um, for those grindy, I like, I have to farm the same difficult boss battle a thousand times just so I can get that second rare item so I can make this outfit. But my boyfriend does, and I will absolutely support him making that outfit. <laughs> oh boy! So your Lolan Vulpix is very frilly. It is very icy in its color, like light blue and white. Um, <laughs> favorite part to making that? Um, so there are some tiny details that I really like, but nobody ever catches. 
And I'm like, oh, that's too bad. Um, at the base of my poofy skirt, right towards the bottom, like literally like an inch from the bottom of the skirt, I have a line of trim that looks like little icicles that literally no one will notice or see. But it, when it catches the light, it's literally perfect. So as I'm sitting there stitching it on, I'm like, well, no one will notice this, but I'll know it's there. <laughs> um, I really like, I obviously am always going to like the tails. That one was really fun and easy to do because it was, um, all of those tails are wire. Um, I guess they've, they've got a, they've got an armature wire running through it. Okay. So that's how I was able to make all the tails super, super curly. And I managed to find a faux fur that has like um, white and icy blue in the same strand for their fur pile. So when I saw, I saw the fur before I decided to make the costume. Let's put it that way. Oh, wow. But that's not unusual. There are a lot of things where I've, found the perfect fabric and I'm like well when I get around to making this this is what I'm going to use <laughs> my bookmarks uh, tab is insane as a result your book oh god yeah on my, on my google chrome oh boy I like I like the costume I like costumes like bull picks because I get to hide little things that nobody gets to really see and but I know they're there so it makes me happy with Yeah. So for the most part, you can guarantee that somewhere on a costume, I've hidden a stupid detail that's probably taken me hours to like parse out how to do and then to actually do it. But nobody will notice it. And then I'm, I'll point it out like to maybe, you know, person number seven who's taking my picture. I'm like, hey, do you want to see something stupid? They're like, yeah. She's like, check this out. <laughs> so like the hundredth person will be like, oh my God, you're a nerd. I'll be like, right. <laughs> you're damn right I am. <laughs> my Weep and Bell costume is my like favorite version of that. Oh, okay. Um, the the black eyes on my Weep and Bell are not just black circles. Okay. They are silhouettes of Weep and Bell. Oh. Are what make the black eyes? They're embroidered. I embroidered them on. Okay. All right. All right. This is <laughs> so nice. That, that's my fun little my fun little surprise is that no one will ever notice because they're like, oh, you're a weeping bell, and those are you know it's eyeballs. And it's like, check the pupils. They're not pupils. They're silhouettes. I'm basically playing a really ridiculous game of who's that Pokemon. <laughs> oh man, alive. Um, huh. Anything else you wanted to add in regards uh, to like our main topic or? Well, what are you working on? God, nothing. <laughs> no, you're working on something. Don't lie to us. No, I'm not. Unless you know what I'm working on and I don't apparently. I mean, I mean. Well, you've been gathering materials you actually reference it in your podcast earlier riku's done oh yeah there you go yeah no he's done uh had a little bit of a worrying moment 
when I tried on the outfit, um, cause I, I ordered a medium, uh, it looks a little bit too big for me, but I mean, I could still make it work. I might just leave out a part because they're like his arm guard. Like he has gloves, like finger with gloves, but then like they extend to like an arm guard mm-hmm. and the arm guard is not it's a separate thing. Like it's not attached to the glove and they're so giant that they can slip off of my arm. And plus like most of like, according to like the character render, uh, he's like sleeveless. So, I mean, they so gave me white... them just fine. Yeah. So they gave me a white shirt also and it was long sleeved, but I can just roll up the sleeve so that I appear sleeveless, like under the jacket. And, sure. uh, yeah. I mean, I don't have his boots that he wears, but I don't think I need them. No. No one will care. Paraphrase from um, Shawshank Redemption. How often does a man look at another man's shoes? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll just just wear his Kingdom Hearts 2 shoes that I got when I last cosplayed as him, or I'll just wear regular sneakers. Great. You know who's going to notice? Like maybe two people tops. You know who's gonna care? Literally only you. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, I, I had a worried moment when I turned tried it on. Then later in the day, I was like, eh, it what it is. It looked fine overall. And if if this is like my PSA to listeners, if you see a cosplayer who has a dynamite costume but maybe there's one thing that's slightly off, like say their shoes. Don't be that guy that says, hey, nice costume, but you're wearing the wrong shoes. Chanted on they know. They know. Yeah. they know. And you saying so is literally stabbing them in the heart. And Why would you do that to a person you don't know? And stressing out their entire rest of the day. Don't oh, absolutely. One thousand percent. So this is my PSA. Don't be that guy. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Is that the PSA music? <laughs> Something, I don't know. I it was nice little, you, should, you should quit your day job and, and go into making little music for PSAs. I wish. Little singles, perfect. Yeah, and I got the giant keyblade. It's freaking awesome. Every time I wield it, it's like, oh my God, this thing is giant. It's like 47 inches. <laughs> How heavy is it? It's not that heavy. Like it, it's made out of PVC. Oh, cool! And then for my birthday, my friend got me a foam Kingdom Key keyblade from GameStop. And I'm like, oh, sweet! I could actually bring that to a con, and no one would give a damn if I was Riku and I was wearing wielding it. Yeah, that thing would pass through the weapons inspection just fine. Both of them would. So, so well, I'm hearing double fist. <laughs> carry two keyblades at once it'll make it really hard to shake hands or do anything that's fine that's for you know future you to think about uh, I'm fine with carrying one carrying one <laughs> yeah the pants are really baggy I feel like I'm going to sweat a lot well material. But you know what gold bond gold bond foot powder get a lot of it <laughs> Put it in the places you think you're going to sweat, and then put it in places you didn't think you were gonna need gonna sweat. Because the 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 odds are you're just gonna sweat. 
there's also so many pouches, which I guess is typical of a Square Enix character design, but I'm just like, oh, sweet, I can carry so much stuff. Just be grateful that you're not going to be covered in belts, okay? Oh, yeah. Because pouches were like the new belts as far as Square Enix designs, so yeah. be grateful. Yeah. Um, One day I want to cosplay as Lulu. Um from Final Fantasy, in which case I will be covered in belts. Oh my gosh. I'll have to make, I'm not going to buy my plushies. I'm going to make my plushies because that's how I started sewing was actually in plushie making. So it'd be a really nice return to my original roots. Yeah, no, it's funny you mentioned that because I just got a recent print order that came in from a the lovely Kat Yuska Moonfox from Australia, and she did a Lulu cosplay, and she gave me extra prints because Aww. of the weight. And I'm looking at her Lulu print right now. Holy frick, yeah, there's a lot of belts. It's a lot of belts. Um, for those um, uninitiated who do not know, Lulu's entire skirt is almost, it almost has this idea of it being a hoop skirt. You could kind of see there might be some structure there, but the front of the skirt is like entirely missing and has been instead replaced by belts. Just enough belts that you can still kind of see peaks of her leg, but yeah. also just enough belts that you can only see peaks of her leg. Oh, cleavage for days. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> well, she's got one of these like kimono tops where she was like, you know what? Screw you, kimono. I just don't want you hanging out on my shoulders. I want nothing. You, you, my, my neck and my shoulders are now allergic to you. You may only exist like two inches below my shoulder and two inches at least below my collarbone. Get lost, kimono. That is that is what I assume she said. If you so, if you ever do make Lulu and like how she had the dolls. What doll would you make? Would you make a Kate Sith? Would you make a Cactuar? Would you make a Moogle? Okay, first of all, I'm going to stop you right there. Yes. And also Red 13, because even though she doesn't fight with it, and she's, it, it's still, in my heart, it would it would work. You know? Like, like I want to I wanna have the ones that she fights with, but then I want to have some throws to, like, other fun plushy esque characters from other Final Fantasy games too. I basically want to not be able to hug people or high five or even get my cell phone because I'm going to be carrying plushies all over the place. <laughs> I know me, at least one of them, maybe all of them will also double up as purses because come on, that's some good stuff. <laughs> um, Okay. Um, just, I know, I knew right when I started the episode that I was missing some stuff, so I'm going to take care of that right now. Uh, if you guys go on to my blog, I have cosplay features up the wazoo with some My Hero Academia loves, uh, Captain Marvel, more Blizzard, World of Warcraft, and Overwatch cosplays coming up with, like, a, a Widowmaker in the Nova skin from StarCraft. Um, Varian Rin from World of Warcraft. Um, I got general a general Beatrix cosplay from Final Fantasy IX, which I was so stoked to write about, and I haven't 
ever played the game. And thank God it's coming to the Switch, so I'm going to have to pick that up. And hang on, let me just take a quick little peek. That way I know I won't screw this up. <laughs> uh, thank you to my patron that are supporting me over on my Patreon. Uh, Shaylin, Noah, Coralia Jade, Oh My Sophie, uh, Nicole Marie Jean just pledged. Uh, I think it was this month. It was my Kayushka Moonfox and Mink. Who that girl? It's you. You that girl. Ah. So, um, yeah, I am not going to any convention for a long time just to get my real life in order. (laughs) I mean, I could say New York, but I mean. (laughs) Oh, I hope you go to New York. That's my plan, too. You'll be going? Yeah, well, the only reason I was unable to go to New York, I was all set to not only go to New York Comic Con last year, I was also going to be a presenter um, and host a panel at New York Comic Con. But um, one of my cousins was getting married in Colorado. So, oh, yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, I had I had purchased my tickets, I had my plan, and everything was ready to go for New York Comic Con before I had known about my cousin getting married. So Ooh. once I got the wedding invitation, I was like, oh, sorry, New York Comic Con. I'll see you next year. <laughs> yeah. But I will say this. Every single one of my cousins, but most notably the maid of honor, were like, Mink, we know what a big deal it was for you to miss New York Comic Con to come to this wedding, and we are very grateful. And I was just like, but your family, but I really appreciate that you said really that. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> but they were all like, they were like, make me know how important that was to you. Thank you so much for coming to this wedding. I know that was a big sacrifice. And I was just like, oh, guys. <laughs> uh, Oh, gosh. I mean, I have weddings to go to, one this year and one next year, so I should be good. Well, in terms Marcy of- knows that <laughs> she's, uh, her wedding is actually <laughs> keeping me from going to an event. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, you ain't. I'm going to your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> She's she's not the wedding that's making me miss Gen Con. That girl knows who she is. And she felt immediately bad. I'm like, why? Your wedding is so much more important. Guys, real life is more important than a convention. There will be more conventions. There won't, hopefully, be more weddings. And I'll bring it full circle. Stop with the con crunch. Or at least tone it down. There will always be other con debut outfits if you don't get it done in time. Right, right. And let me tell you, I will tell you right now, the advantage of going to a wedding over going to a convention is the following. I don't have to make my own clothes. <laughs> yeah, it, you're right. You're right. It's it's very relaxing when you spin it like that. Yeah. So while I may not be going to Katsukan, Mink is. However, I have for next month... Uh, my friend Stephanie, who also goes by her cosplay name of uh, 
Sute Fanny Rodu. I'm probably sure I butchered that. Oh, well. So we're going to be talking about Katsukan that time. And then next month also, I have my first photographer as a guest. And that is the always amazing, I'm probably going to butcher his last name, so sorry, David Ngo. Yeah, I think I think it's more like it's like Neo. No, I, I'm gonna butcher his name too. He's amazing. GJ, uh, was it DJ Tam? ET Jam or DJ T? Yeah, yeah. You've probably seen him if you've been in the cosplay world remotely. You've probably seen his photos everywhere. Like he helped me with a photo shoot. He's taking photos of you. Like he's, he's a great. Like that guy is a workhorse, but he's also one of the unsung heroes of like the basically the entire eastern united states like he will go to all of these conventions and he will tirelessly post all of the hall shots that he can get his hand like he is just amazing that way i mean when i was first cosplaying he was like my my the person who i would find photos of my cosplay from Bar none, any convention I was at, I would always somehow manage, he would manage to find everybody. He's yeah. like, again, he's he's one of the unsung heroes. Yeah, so I'll be talking with him. Oh, dope. Basically about photography and, yeah, just stuff like that. So that'll Make be sure fun. you ask him how he has the energy and stamina to get through it all, because that's a lot of work. A lot of photographers go through the effort of, um, of, of, setting up photo shoots and then they have a limited number of, of people they're actually working with but the photographers that have the energy to focus on hall shots that's a lot of energy and like he takes them so fast he'll just like he'll just stop you ask for a pose and then like before you think you finish the pose he's already got it like it's insane It'll be it. it'll be a good listen catching uh, picking his brain about the the craft. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm excited. And then like I got other interesting guests for March and April, but I won't mention that until it's appropriate. So, uh, so like March and also April. <laughs> now I'm just teasing you. Okay, I I didn't catch that, so I'll probably catch it when I listen back. I never listen back. I just listen like the first maybe maybe. Never admit that you listen back c- constantly. You are constantly grooming the content of the podcast to make sure you, the listener, have the optimal listening experience. Okay, let's go with that. Hashtag always upsell. <laughs> okay, I'll remember that. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting slowly getting there, getting there in terms of tiredness and whatever. I know, um, doesn't it help that we always record these at night? <laughs> we do. That's just how our lives work. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you, Mink, as always, for being on my episodes. This You're was super fun. welcome. 